0: Welcome back. Hello. I um, hope you've all been well. If you've listened to our previous episode, uh, you will know that in episode forty-eight, we spoke about dieting and food and the demand that we all experience to have the perfect body. Uh, in this episode, which is conveniently episode forty-nine. Uh, we are going to talk about the other half of the equation, if you like, exercise. And the amount of pain that we are all prepared to put our body through in order to make it look closer to what we think it should look like.
1: Yeah. And there's a weird, obviously intellectually, we know that mm. there, we should be drawing an intellectual distinction between exercise as a health activity, mm. either to strengthen ourselves mm. or um, to increase our kind of energy, mm. to increase our capacity to be active in the world and to do mm. the things we want to do, that's mm. one one thing that we know that people exercise mm. for. But that link then to how it makes us look mm. um, is a more more difficult and insidious question, and I think.
0: I'm, I'm I i won't presume to speak about anybody else but certainly i think in my own mind i will often set up either fitness or more flexibility or stronger muscles or reducing stress as alibis for what for the real reason i'm doing it which is i like it when i look better Mm And if I'm doing that, then chances are other people might be doing it as well.
1: Yep, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, There's the way that the kind of fitness industry is now, there's so many, there's a lot of research, there's a lot of Mm -hmm. money in it. Mm -hmm. Um, There's industry research as well in it, Mm -hmm. and not just kind of academic research. There's certainly a sort of new social media mm-hmm. industry mm-hmm. around it. Um, the rise of kind of activities like CrossFit and um, kind of military style modern, training yeah. is a, a sort of new thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: that I think uh, is tied to mm-hmm. online social media and kind of mm-hmm. community building, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a whole... whole world to unpack Mm. here Mm. and so when i first went to to my personal trainer i went Mm. i started going to see a personal trainer about a year ago Mm. and the reason i went was because i felt like i couldn't like it's really quite simple i couldn't lift heavy stuff the way i used Mm. to be able to lift Mm. heavy stuff and i don't have kids so like one of the Mm. things that keeps moms really strong if they're able to lift their kids is lifting their kids mm. and then lifting all their kids' stuff as mm. their kids mm. get older mm. and bigger. Mm-hmm. And so for about 18 years, you maintain a certain a certain amount of strength without mm. having to go to the gym simply by, mm. like, carrying mm. your children around. Mm. I don't have that. Um, I work in an office most of the time, and the sort of extent of my moving around at my job mm. is... Uh, schlepping exam papers to various offices or standing up in front mm. of a, a lecture hall full of students and wandering around a bit with a mic for 50 minutes. And after I did my PhD, mm. I had stopped really doing anything. Mm. The PhD, mm. I think for those of you who've done them, mm. if you know for some reason subjected mm. yourselves to them, will know that, that towards the end, yeah. certain things in your life. Are sacrificed, and one of the things that I sacrificed Mm. was um, leaving the house. Mm. Really, Mm. Uh, I basically spent the last six months in my head, Mm. in my own brain. Mm. I couldn't really do anything, and that meant all sort of activity. Mm. And I found Mm. that I couldn't lift boxes when Mm. I was moving. Mm moving houses Mm. and i didn't like not being able to Mm. lift boxes i would get out of breath faster than Mm. i ever had before Mm. and i really didn't like that and Mm. i felt really ashamed of Mm. it the biggest feeling i had was shame Mm. and i didn't really want to go outside and show the world myself Mm. because Mm. i felt like everyone could see that Mm. on my Mm. body and um that that was a, a a marker of some mm. sort of deficiency mm. or mm. something that I'd lost mm. that I'd been good at mm. before mm. And, and wasn't good at anymore um, you know the ridiculous irony of course is that in the interim I had earned a PhD
0: yeah
1: um, but that didn't matter mm. my arms were flabby and I had to lift heavy stuff and I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit competitive I don't like to think that I'm competitive mm. I'm a little competitive and my partner Tom is extremely strong mm. He's got huge, broad shoulders, and he can lift pretty much anything. Mm. And um, I get really mad when mm. I can't lift mm. what he can lift. Mm. I get really really upset and indignant about it. So I contacted a personal trainer. Yeah. I'm very lucky to have a job that allows me to yeah. be able to do that. Mm. And I specifically sought out a woman who works primarily with mm. uh, women, women of all ages, and who is also a dancer. Mm. So she comes from a kind of performing creative mm. arts mm. background. And her entry into fitness isn't about anything in particular. Mm. She specializes in lots of different things. Mm. And she's very flexible. Mm. Um, and she's quite she has quite a, a low-key feminist approach mm. is how I would mm. describe mm. it. Um, and... I went to her and I said exactly what you said I said I do not want to discuss Mm. things like calories Mm. Um, I've used food to control my life in the Mm. past I will withhold food from myself until I've completed Mm. some sort of academic Mm. task Mm. and that you know could sometimes be a few days Mm. Um, I've you know kind of gotten over Mm. feelings of kind of guilt and shame around mm. food and I've worked really, really hard mm. to be able to mm. to eat whatever I feel like and eat whatever I want mm. and not think about it for hours after. And that has been a lot of, a lot of hard work. So I said specifically, I don't want to dredge that mm. shit up. I want to get strong and I really want to lift heavy weights, like the really heavy ones. Like mm. I want to do back squats mm. with a big ass bar mm. and I want to be super strong. And she was like, I can help you with that. Mm. Let's do it. And... I didn't tell anyone Mm. for a while Mm. because I felt really ashamed Mm. of the fact that I was like, Mm. that I was doing it, but also I was also doing it because I didn't Mm. want my arms to look so flabby.
0: Mm.
1: It was just a really weird thing. It's a totally Mm. normal thing to do. Lots of Mm. people have personal trainers. Lots of people go to the gym. Mm. Lots of people Mm. don't go to the gym. Mm. Like it's really not, it was not that big a deal, Mm. but I made it into this huge deal. Mm. And when I mentioned it to you for Mm. the first time, you were like, oh really Mm. interesting Mm. tell me more and you ended up seeking out a personal trainer as well I did
0: Um, so last teaching semester uh, which for us was sort of September through December uh, I was on research leave I'm very lucky to have a job that gives me research leave um, and I used the research leave to do some research, but mostly I used it to lose weight. Uh, I, uh, we spoke in the last episode about how long I've tried to, and how many various different things I've tried to to lose weight, uh, and this was the most concerted period in my life ever of, of trying, and I combined, combined dieting and calorie counting and exercising. I got a personal trainer, and I was uh, using various smartwatches to to try and calculate how many how many calories you're spending and I was I was doing a lot um, in terms of both both dieting and exercise Uh, and I spent a lot of time and a lot of effort and I was secretly because I wasn't telling Anybody, certainly I wasn't t- putting it out on social media that I was doing this uh, and it was really interesting that I felt like I shouldn't and partly it was because I remember how bad it feels when you aren't doing what you should be doing and everyone on your social media is flaunting quite how much they're doing in terms of dieting or exercise so that yeah. was part of my motivation they're all going to park run yeah. they're yeah. all doing yeah. it
1: a half marathon
0: and you just feel slow and fat Um, but also I didn't like and I still don't like to think of it as an achievement in the way that if I have a if I've written something that's been published I will put it on social media partly because I think people might be interested but also I think that that's an achievement in the way that losing weight shouldn't feel like an achievement but of course the dirty secret is that it does feel like an achievement yeah, um, and I hate myself for the fact that it feels like an achievement. And then I carried this through December into January, and then, if you remember, we mentioned it in a few episodes ago. In January, I got chickenpox, and I stayed in bed for three weeks, and I haven't been able to exercise since. So I've pretty much put on most of what I'd lost, um, and now we are at a hideously busy time in, t- in terms of teaching and my day job has taken over so I don't have time to exercise and it feels like all of that work was wasted so what's the point of trying anymore anyway um, which isn't healthy or constructive or positive in any way but it's, it just reinforces this loop of hopelessness and inertia
1: yeah, and guilt Yeah. That why did you spend all the time? Why did you spend the money? You know, why did you Mm. invest in all the equipment? Mm. And Mm. yeah, and and I mean, I can tell you Mm. from the outside. Mm. Who cares? Mm. You have this. You know, Mm. you have an amazing job. Mm. Your Mm. books Mm. are coming Mm. out this spring. You're having two book launches. Is that right?
0: We don't know yet. Well,
1: okay. So there's the two Mm. books coming Mm. out. Um, I've already given them to my dissertation students. Mm. Um, the fact that you've learned a bunch of new skills means mm. that you could go back and exercise mm. at various points if you wanted to. Mm. Um, I see absolutely no difference. Mm. It's, it, and I can tell you all that, and it will not change no. in any way mm. how you feel.
0: Mm. Because it's not about intellectual knowledge, right? It's not about knowing rationally what you can and can't do how you can and can't look what matters and doesn't matter how what effect this may be having on your health and long-term life expectancy and not none of that matters because it's not about any of that yeah so what is it about
1: i mean from a sort of like psychoanalytic light you know sort of Mm. like psychology counseling Mm. perspective there's one explanation is that there's some deep-seated shit in there, mm. you know, psychologically, mm. that is learned from a very early age, mm. um, whatever that might be, and mm. manifests itself in various ways. Mm. Um, so that's one side of mm. side of it. I think the, the compulsion is really strong. I also wonder, too, we've talked before about our social media lives, mm. and it doesn't explain it for me necessarily, because um, I spend less time mm. on social media, I think, mm. than you do. Mm. I certainly have a less curated social mm. media mm. world. Um, a lot of your kind of day-to-day mm. knowledge mm. gets produced via social media, mm. and a lot of your kind of... The news sharing Mm -hmm. and the way that you keep in touch with friends and family Mm -hmm. because obviously you have Mm -hmm. a a life like I do that's you know international Mm -hmm. a lot of that happens on social media and the you know for all we kind of say like oh yeah you know parkrun is a personal achievement for someone Mm -hmm. else who cares we can say that Mm -hmm. but the whole point of social media is that it causes an emotional response in you when you see it Mm -hmm. And the point of the posts mm. and the way the algorithms work mm. and the way that the media works mm. is to cause that sort of emotional response in mm. you. Mm. So if you're subjecting yourself to those types of narratives, whether you're critiquing them or not, doesn't necessarily the critique isn't enough.
0: The, and that's to the point. The critique you. isn't enough. It doesn't defend yeah. you yeah.
1: from the effects. Yeah. yeah. It's like if you're a scientist uh, in the early 20th century and you're mm. studying. Mm. Um, I don't know, you're doing genetics research and you're mm. using radiation mm. in order to collect data and you're you're mm. shooting yourself with, uh, you know, tons of radiation mm. and you mm. give yourself cancer. It's You know, the science mm. is great mm. and really useful and groundbreaking and innovative, mm. but you have sacrificed yeah. yourself in order to do it.
0: Yeah, I've been thinking about this a little bit because I've spent a tiny amount of time um, researching and writing... Uh, what will hopefully be a book chapter on advertising and uh, partition and borders and specifically adverts that use borders. And it doesn't matter how much time I spend watching them and breaking them apart and analyzing them. Good ones can still bring me to tears. Mm. Yeah. Um, And it's that classic example where you're forced to face up to the fact that any any analysis you can make of the system is from within the system and there is no way you can step outside of culture to look at culture and, and identify processes and forces that constitute it so any forces that that you identify you are always already subject to it yeah um, and it isn't therefore easy to see how an established body of thought that we might call critical theory will give you the tool to upend those forces.
1: Mm -hmm. Which is maybe, I mean, in a sort of uh, kind of more practical, less kind of nuanced way, why we talked kind of at the end of last week how Mm. the the body positivity movement Mm. has been led very much by women of color, Mm. specifically Mm. black women in the United States. Mm. Part of that is challenging white supremacy Mm. and challenging Mm. ideas around you know, Mm. aesthetics that Mm. tend to be associated with white women in particular, But one of the things that they've been really successful at Mm. actually is eventually Mm. the ideas and the theories and the practices Mm. have made their way into white body positivity Mm. kind of thinking Mm. and not just have been appropriated, but have made their way in Mm. because of of Mm. the otherness Mm. of black women's bodies and black women's Mm. daily experiences. They're able to be critics Mm. and they're able to say, we've been excluded from your culture, in these various ways we're subject to all of these mm. norms but we can see what you can't
0: mm-hmm. which is
1: that this is really violent mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this is really awful mm-hmm. and we're gonna protect ourselves and find ways mm-hmm. of undermining and challenging mm-hmm. that system you know mm-hmm. find steal our tools but
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know one of the one of mm-hmm. the the reasons I think of the success is because of the exclusion and the othering of black women's bodies and so black mm-hmm. women have had to develop the critique. If you're inside it, mm. and I mean, I very much am. I'm a 5 mm-hmm. white woman mm. with a BMI that's only marginally higher than
0: mm.
1: what it should be. Um, you know, I'm not. Mm. I'm not able to mm. critique it. I'm mm. in it.
0: Mm. I am it. You 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 spoke about uh, briefly about your relationship with your personal trainer. Mm. Um. Do you want to say a bit about your experience of the gym as a space? Yeah. Because last week we were talking about um, the Weight washers meeting as a space. And it seems to me that that another clearly identified space of regulation is the gym. And and, and I have lots of thoughts and feelings about that. But I'd like to hear about your experience of the gym.
1: Yeah. Oh, the gym Mm. is awful. Mm. I hate the gym. Mm. Um, I still hate the gym. I find the gym also entertaining yeah. when I'm in a, I guess I would say a, um, a less vulnerable mood.
0: Mm, mm, mm. Uh,
1: when my defenses are stronger, mm, I find mm. it a, a mm. kind of funny place sometimes. Mm, mm. Um, the the space itself, right? It's all full of mirrors. Mm, There's a lot of mm, watching. Mm. There's a lot of furtive watching because you're not supposed to watch, Mm. but obviously you have to watch to a certain extent to see Mm. who's got which dumbbells and Mm -hmm. who's on which machines and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, who's making that really loud noise. Mm. Um, the weight room is a really interesting place Mm. for women. Mm. I always see in my gym, you know, I go to the university gym, Mm. so, um, it's a little bit different, Mm. the kind of. It's more self-selecting than people who use Mm -hmm. the gym. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the things my trainer often talks Mm -hmm. about is uh, psyching our girls up for Mm -hmm. using the weight room. Mm -hmm. And there are certain times where the weight room Mm -hmm. is more intimidating Mm -hmm. than other times. And if there are a lot of girls Mm -hmm. in there working out, I feel less intimidated Mm -hmm. when I'm in there. Mm -hmm. And there's also a a culture often of sharing machines Mm -hmm. with girls. I've spent Mm -hmm. more time kind of sharing different things mm. and sharing mm. different spaces mm. with girls, especially especially mm. if there's a crowd of men around us mm. who aren't sharing. Mm. And there is, there's an intimidation factor, mm. but there's also a performance factor. Mm. And the noises of the weight room especially are really weird. There's a lot of slamming and mm. a lot of creaking. Mm. And the sound of the machinery is... I find really fascinating mm. like it just makes me think of like you know mm. this is straight up a medieval dungeon mm. like th- that is mm. what this is modeled on mm. it's what it looks like mm. i mean people are strapped to stuff certainly mm. some of the trx gear requires you to be strapped mm. into stuff But like mm. it's it's genuinely like yeah. bizarre
0: yeah
1: and the I I never feel comfortable Mm -hmm. in the gym. I never feel like I belong in the gym. Mm -hmm. And I also don't think that everyone around me that I see, I don't Mm -hmm. necessarily assume that they all feel like they belong Mm -hmm. in the gym Mm -hmm. either. Mm -hmm. There are certain people that I think do Mm -hmm. feel that they do and other people who don't. And it's a really closed off, very... It's closed off. It's impersonal. Mm. It feels very judgmental and hierarchical, mm. 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 but also extremely vulnerable space mm. where people are often doing stuff that is really painful or mm. really challenging mm. or um, makes them feel extremely mm. vulnerable. Mm. And so it's a it's a very kind of high stakes environment.
0: Yeah, yeah. A lot of that is familiar to the to me from the gym that I go to. Uh, the impersonal bit is particularly for which is for clear financial reasons the gym disincentivizes you from attempting to make contact with staff until you appoint a personal trainer mm-hmm. so um, the gym I go to you don't get you there there is a code to enter you you type in a code and it's it's sort of a fake futuristic looking sort of airlock what is up Wait, with that? You go in and the door closes behind you and, it, and it's only once the door that closes behind you that the door opens ahead and then you can walk out and walk in. And it's, there is a little bit of you that is terrified that it's just going to stop with you in it. Um, and from that moment on, you are on your own. And everyone around you is using headphones and you're using headphones and you, no one wants to talk to you and you don't want to talk to them either. Um, but that sort of furtive looking Because you feel at once that you are being encouraged to look at people who are much better than you and hate yourself for not being that good. But there's also the sense that you're being encouraged to look at the others who are perhaps not as good as you. Mm -hmm. And you can feel that creeping judgment coming in where you can imagine if I spent years and years and years here then maybe I would start to look at the the newbies and go, you can't even do that. Yeah. And that sense of wanting to be better than everyone else as an individual and, you know, screw the rest of you, seems to pervade every gym I've ever been to. Yeah. Um, And then that is combined with sort of rules about what machines you should be using and what the gym etiquette is and what to do and what not to do and again not unlike Weight Watchers an environment that is designed to be uh, unfriendly to the point of hostility in an effort to encourage you to follow all the rules
1: yeah and to eventually so that you um, because I have friends, Mm. people that I know and who do various types of kind of fitness activities Mm. who love the gym Mm. it's one of their favorite Mm. places Mm. and there's a the point at which you get there requires a sort of initiation Mm. and so there's almost a promise that if you push through long enough and hard enough and you go to enough classes Mm. and you learn enough skills that eventually the gym will become a community for you but isn't that always going to
0: be receding
1: a deferred, kind yeah.
0: Of thing. Isn't that promise always going to be deferred? That doesn't matter how good you get, there's always a target that is just past the horizon,
1: yeah. But the space of the gym might change, yeah. So the target, hmm. the target and the goal because it's all about goal setting hmm. is in progress, hmm. progression, hmm. those things are never achieved. Hmm. That's the whole point. But that the space of the gym transitions Mm. from being a hostile place that says, you know, you don't belong here yet. You can't hack it. This is not for you to, this is your place and we will support you in your goals and we will support you in a progression. We'll make it happen for you. There's a a transition Mm. and some people do have that experience with the gym, but Mm. there's a commitment that's required. Mm. I feel like, and there's a, a buying into of a certain amount of the, the culture like literally
0: buying into Yeah, yeah because you,
1: you have to pay for it mm. and that you have to put up either put up with, mm. critically engage with and then leave to one side or
0: mm.
1: s- go all in mm. And I do have you know I have I have friends that I have debates about this kind of stuff mm. with you know actually actually, a lot of the science on obesity doesn't actually say that, mm. for example, or mm. that thing that you're saying about fat people. Mm. Not actually true, according to the evidence, mm. you know, where did you learn that? You know mm-hmm, these kinds of things, mm. and they you know they don't really like to hear it doesn't fit the narrative. Mm. It doesn't fit because they feel safe in a gym space. It mm-hmm, makes it's mm. something um that is constructive for them identity wise mm-hmm, and also mm. like presumably mm-hmm. there's endorphins and stuff mm-hmm. as well at work.
0: I have to say, I mean. Admittedly, it wasn't for a huge long time, but I was doing a lot of intensive exercise. I mean, I'd say intensive, obviously it's all relative, but I got to the point where I could run 10K, Mm -hmm. which isn't nothing, I guess. Um, (laughs)
1: Listen to yourself. (laughs) Right, you're doing it. Like you're you're doing it, what we're talking about. A 10K is great.
0: But I never experienced endorphins. <laughs> I still don't know what they feel like.
1: Yeah, I've never experienced them either. Yeah. And I was like, right, I grew up, so the food stuff is one yeah. thing, but also I grew up in California. Yeah. Everybody plays a sport in California. Yeah. And mm. I grew up swimming mm. um, quite intensely mm. um, until I realized mm. that swimming is... Mm. Swimming is not the sport for people who can't stop talking.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> and I learned that quite late.
0: <laughs> um,
1: and I just got so bored because I couldn't talk yeah. to anybody. Mm. Um, but I did grow up playing playing sports as a child. Mm. I was an act, definitely mm. an active kid mm. and an mm. active teenager. Mm. Um, so it's a part of my life I've never Mm. experienced an endorphin yeah what do they look like are they orange are they purple I was I
0: played sport growing up we used to play play cricket in the summer in India in the afternoons and if you know anything about afternoon summers in India they're not necessarily conducive to playing sport (laughs) and I have a a great time but I've no idea what an endorphin is
1: controversial side note is cricket the sort of sport that gives you endorphins
0: Ooh. <laughs> it is the way they're played in India Maybe not the way it's played in Britain But the way it's played in India, yes They have specific Indian And cricket and dolphins yeah. It's better than baseball anyway
1: That's a boys sport Baseball's a boys sport Girls have to play softball
0: Because <laughs> the ball's too hard For girls
1: Small actually Yeah. Too small and the pitching.
0: Do you remember when Andy Murray realized that he had been they'd been given women's tennis balls, and up until that point, no one knew that no. women had separate tennis balls. I don't know this. Was this a, yeah, did this, this happen still, on Twitter, and I missed it? I think it happened. I don't know, happened a few months ago. What? Apparently, women's tennis balls are different from men's.
1: I mean, yeah, women's basketballs are different from men's yeah. as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Was he upset?
0: No, I don't think so. Or was he was like, just, like,
1: oh, actually, it's harder to play with with just, lady balls. Yeah. Was it that it was different? I mean, it was the balls different, were yeah. different in the yeah. middle of the game. Yeah.
0: So yes, I don't think Andy Murray was upset, necessarily. I think it was just the ball was behaving differently to what he would expect. Yeah.
1: Oh, and you have to use the tools given to women. Yeah. The environment changes. So difficult.
0: Men have it hard. Men
1: do. <laughs> they do. Anyway, those, that was a fun... Detour. A fun detour yeah. and side tangent. Yeah.
0: Maybe we'll do episodes on sports. We should. We do.
1: haven't really done very many. We did yeah. a we did a football episode. Yes. Yeah.
0: Why do we con- continue to go to the gym as opposed to finding other less dislikable forms of exercise?
1: Yeah. Well, I think about this a lot. Number one for me is the weather. Yeah. I refuse to go outside in Scotland <laughs> if the weather... It, like pretty much yeah. but if the weather is even remotely unacceptable Scottish. Yeah. even remotely Scottish I will put it off mm. and in California mm. you know you
0: mm.
1: if it's rainy you postpone your hike a day and you mm. go hiking the next day because normally you're promised sun yeah. at some point mm. here that's not how it works mm. and I really don't like being cold and wet mm. Mm.
0: Mm.
1: and uh Yeah, so that's reason number 1.
0: Yeah.
1: Reason number 2, I used to dance. Mm. Um and I used to go to dance mm. less as a kind of fitness thing. And I always used to say that I enjoyed dancing specifically mm. for the same reason that I enjoyed climbing because I mm. used to rock climb mm. as well. Mm. These are all, I, I all stopped doing these when I was doing my PhD mm-hmm. when I had no mm-hmm. money. Mm. Um they all cost yeah. a, a certain amount of money, yeah. like they weren't prohibitively expensive when I had a kind of lowish-paying job or yeah. a kind of yeah. temporary yeah. bit of money, whether mm-hmm. it was coming from student loans mm-hmm. or whatever, I could sort of afford to do one of these mm-hmm. things. Once I was doing my PhD, there was no mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. for extended mm-hmm. periods mm-hmm. of time, um, and it was always something that I've you know know intellectually, right? These are activities mm-hmm. for middle-class people, yeah. and whatever. Um, but like, you know, I stopped doing them yeah. for financial reasons. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped going back because I was commuting mm. and I couldn't go to dance classes. Mm. It started at six if my train mm. did, didn't get back in until 730. Yeah. Eight. So th- there were all these kind of structural things that mm. made my chosen activities very difficult to do. Activities mm. that require mm-hmm. groups to get together. Mm. Activities that require a certain amount of time. It takes a while to be at the climbing yeah. gym. Yeah, like yeah, it,
0: yeah.
1: You kind of have to hang around there for mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm. Um, Activities that require money. Mm. So that's kind of why Mm. exercise phased itself out of my life. And it's not like I've ever been, you know, that committed Mm. to any Mm. form of exercise. Mm. But I think currently, I mean, I could probably go back to a dance class. Mm. Mm. But there's there's something about the personal training aspect of it that...
0: That was it for me. It
1: takes me back.
0: For me, it was gym. it was the n- n- having made an appointment with a personal trainer means I have to go. Yeah. Because I'm committed to somebody else, and without having that external figure to sort of submit to, I guess exercise wasn't going to happen. Yeah. And this is this is what is so fascinating to me about. My experience with the gym which is it's not just that there is a paradox about me recognizing intellectually recognizing the problems of the way in which the we are, it is complicity is demanded of us by these systems uh, it's not just that I recognize that I'm, I'm still subject to it and still I'm still let it influence how I think and feel it's that I need that system in order to do the exercise in the first place. Yeah. Right. If I don't have a person who symbolizes the, the reg, the regulatory aspect, the uh, uh, the uh, a person who symbolizes the demand that you will obey, I won't. Yeah. And that that's a really interesting paradox for me that I can't quite square.
1: Yeah there's a bit of that for me I think I I also the relationship I have with my trainer is one of like not wanting Mm. to disappoint her Mm -hmm. because I I I think she's a good Mm. trainer and I think the expertise Mm. that she Mm. has is very very valuable Mm. and I think that she's really Mm. unique at Mm. what she does so her opinion matters Mm. to me not just Mm. because she's a sort of figure of authority Mm. but also Mm. because I really like her Mm. and I I value her affirmation mm-hmm. on a more kind of emotional, personal level. Yeah. But to me, there's also one of the things about exercise, certainly one of the things I loved about dancing and climbing mm-hmm. is this the very cerebral aspect of it. they are activities that require a lot of uh, active mental mm-hmm. engagement as mm-hmm. you do them. And some people really love running on a treadmill mm-hmm. and emptying their mind that you've described that experience before of running and emptying your mind. Yeah,
0: um, certainly, certainly road running more than treadmill running uh, does that for me.
1: Yeah, Um, it does not do that for me. My mind just keeps Mm. going Mm. and whatever my mind is Mm. saying is Mm. not good Mm. when I'm running. Mm. And it just won't ever go away.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's emptying my mind. I think it is more allowing me to think things. So I can put some music on and I might be thinking about the book chapter I'm trying to write or whatever, but it just allows me to sort things out in my head. Yeah. Um, treadmills don't do that because I'm spending too much time worried about not falling over.
1: Yeah. There's a bit of mechanics the treadmill. Yeah.
0: Um, and I'm not the most balanced person at the best of times. Um, but road running did that for me. Yeah. Um, in the way that, like, I've only did, I only did parkrun once. Parkrun, if you don't know, is a uh, meeting where every Saturday groups meet and could be up to a few hundred all run together, run five k together at whatever speed you can. It's actually really, in so far as you can have non-judgmental exercise outlets. Parkrun comes pretty close. Um, you are everyone finishes. There's no cut-off point. You take as long as you take. You're not competing with anyone else unless you wish to. Uh, and the ethos is we don't don't care who you are. We don't care how slow or fast you go. As long as you can run or walk 5K, you can take part. Um, and not incidentally, it's all free, run by volunteers. Um, but park run, while I enjoyed it when I did it, it didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Clearing head sorting out things in my head because there's something about the solitariness for me Yeah, Uh, which is why gyms don't do that either because it doesn't matter if you're with a trainer or not. You're not alone Yeah, you're you're surrounded by people Yeah doing the same thing Yeah, Mm. I
1: find there's a teamwork aspect to climbing that I like there's a teamwork aspect to dancing that I like Mm. but there's it's a It's the intellectual bit Mm. that I like Mm -hmm. and one of the things about weightlifting Mm is there's quite an intellectual calculation that goes mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. in terms of figuring out weights and reps mm-hmm. and w- the kind of chemical process that's mm-hmm. happening in your body at the time. Mm-hmm. and For women especially, mm-hmm. because it's only recently that it's been encouraged mm-hmm. for women to lift heavy weights mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. quite a new thing. Social yeah. media has a lot yeah. to answer for mm-hmm. in, in terms of mm-hmm both making that mm-hmm. a thing and also making it not a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, there's kind of a subversive aspect yeah. Yeah. to, mm. to like bench pressing, for example.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. I have like tiny little stick arms mm. and like very little mm. in the way of like yeah. back muscles mm. and my forearms mm. suck. Mm. So uh, sitting and mm. doing the activity mm. of, a, of a bench press, which is highly mm. technical mm. and mm. quite specific mm. and weird and useless in yeah. and of its own right, mm. is kind of a subversive mm. act.
0: It's really, that's really interesting because I was thinking this as well earlier on when you were talking about uh, the competitiveness in the weight room. Um, I figured on figured out quite early that especially without my personal trainer, the weight room wasn't for the likes of me, and I'd never go in there. Yeah. Right. So I do rowing, I do treadmill, I do the cardio machines, I do um, um, interval training, uh, both with equipment and without, uh, and I do resistance weights. But like the, dumbbells f- and stuff. Yeah, or even like um, you know bicep curls and yeah the, those. The, the weight machines if you like yeah, yeah. as opposed to the free weights but I wouldn't go anywhere near the free weights yeah, because that's for people who are good at this stuff mm-hmm. and I'm not um, and I'm just there to lose some weight and get a bit fitter but I'm never going to be able to progress any further than that um, which even when I was doing the most I did it was all under the lens of this is this is who I am I'm not going to get better than that
1: yeah see the this is who I am mm. thing mm. is really interesting the identity mm. aspect mm. of mm. of the exercise bit which is so tied up in mm. you know we like to kind of dress it up and say it's about how we feel mm. and about our kind of physical like the mm. skill mm. and the ability but in fact it's so much about how we look because mm. how we look is half of who we are right mm-hmm. Like, it, you know the world mm. sees us the world yeah. sees us and we see ourselves yeah. reflected back at us mm-hmm. in various mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. And there's no escaping yeah. that aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. And in the gym, you are, mm. that is the part of you that's on display. Yeah. And you, you have to carve out for yourself where mm. you feel safe in terms of identifying the boundaries of who mm-hmm. you are mm-hmm. and the, the limit at which yeah. you are no longer. At
0: yeah. That. yeah. 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 Have you solved so. anything?
1: No. If you have managed to make peace hmm. with any or all of what we're talking about. Please tell us how you did it. Yeah. Please or, fly from wherever you are in the world and come do a third part or, and talk to us.
0: Or even if you figure out a way to explain why we can't make peace with it. I'd settle for that. Yeah. I'd settle for underst- for figuring out why knowing how destructive body fascism is doesn't stop me from Being a victim of it. Yeah. That'll do. That'll do. For the moment.
1: I'd say so, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Thanks a lot for listening. Uh, We hope it's been of some interest. Let us know either way. Um, And we will catch you next week. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode.
1: I have been Hannah Fitzpatrick.
0: And I have been Anindya Richard.
1: You can contact me on Twitter at Dr. H. Fitz.
0: And me at Dr. India R.
1: Our music was provided by The Agrarians, and this has been State of the Theory.
0: Thank you. Where
1: would we be? Where would we be?